During this time of staying home, many of us are coming up with new ways to keep ourselves occupied and entertained. From coming up with new hobbies like knitting or baking bread to long delayed projects around the house, I still have several of the latter to do. Personally, I've found myself spending time looking back and reminiscing. I've been looking at pictures from when Marie and I were married to when our kids were babies, when I was just starting out in ministry, and so on. While I may have started doing this out of the inevitable boredom that has come with quarantine, it's actually been quite comforting and enriching to do this. It's been a nice escape during this difficult time. And there's nothing wrong with finding an escape from time to time, be it in an enthralling book or TV series, a project or otherwise. It can be a way of self-care. But also realize that this act of reminiscing and looking back is not just an escape, it's a profound act, and maybe a sacred act, of remembering. It's an act of remembering who I am, remembering the things that have formed me, the moments that have built me into the person I am now in the midst of this most uncertain time. Our reading this morning is just such an act of remembering for the early church. See, the gospel writer Luke wrote Acts as a sequel to his gospel to show how Jesus' ministry was carried forward by the apostles and the forming of the church going all the way to the church as we know it today. Our story picks up right after Pentecost, when the church first began, and it describes the life of the first believers in very simple yet profound terms. They gathered together. They prayed in the temple. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to breaking bread and prayer. They shared what they had. They gave to the poor. Gratitude and generosity were markers of their shared identity in Christ. And day by day, God added new disciples into their community. Biblical scholars call this a foundation story. This was a common literary device of the Greco-Roman world, where an author would illustrate an idealized, often embellished human community and would place this vision of, of the beginnings of their community as an ideal for, uh, for the present and future generations to strive towards. You'll see this in many of the classics writers and philosophers. Plato does this in describing the early idealized days of ancient Athens. Ovid describes the golden age of humanity in his Metamorphoses. Pythagoras uses it to describe the ultimate ideal of humanity in friendship. And Luke does this with the beginning of the first Christian community. But see, Luke writes some two generations after this time, near the end of the first century. And the big difference between the time of Acts and when Luke is actually writing is that the temple, the very temple he talks about in Acts 2, has been destroyed. Rome destroyed Jerusalem in the year 70, including the temple. The people there dispersed were forced to stay in hiding. 
people in the church and uh, in the Christian community and otherwise were forced to worship at home. They struggled to find community. In the wake of the destruction of the temple, Luke decides to chronicle the gospel of Jesus and the acts of the disciples. The destruction of the temple was seen as a moment of crisis, causing Luke and his community to look back for comfort, for foundation, and identity. And he finds it in the humble yet profound beginning of the first Christians after Pentecost. I was reminded uh, when thinking about this from, uh, I was reminded of a quote by the Danish theologian and philosopher Soren Kierkegaard, who once said that life can only be understood backwards, but it must be lived forwards. Looking back, Luke could help his community remember who they are and be empowered to move forward as disciples in a new, uncertain time. The late pastor and scholar Eugene Peterson was the founding pastor of a Presbyterian church in Bel Air, Maryland. In their early days, they began worshiping in Peterson's basement. It was an unfinished basement at that. Down wooden stairs to a cold cement floor. In his memoir, Peterson recalls uh, one of the youth in those early days of his congregation say, I love worshiping in this place. I feel like one of the early Christians in the catacombs. They started calling themselves Catacombs Presbyterian Church, an endearing nickname that stuck around long after they actually moved into their church building. This story, this memory, helped them to stay connected to the beginnings of their congregation, but also to the beginnings of the church. It was a foundation story. A foundation story that connected them to the foundation story we read in Acts 2 this morning. So as a foundation story, we can understand that Luke probably embellishes a bit about the life of the first believers. But be clear, this doesn't mean that it's not true. This idealized version of Luke's story of the early church shares many aspects of other foundation stories in Greco-Roman literature. Friendship, fellowship, sharing possessions, uh, among others. But when we read on in Acts, we soon learn that there was conflict. There was greed. Not everyone shared what they had with one another. So what's going on here? One scholar named Luke Timothy Johnson claims that here, Luke communicated to his readers in vivid fashion that the gift of the Spirit brought about a community which realized the highest aspirations of human longing, unity, peace, joy, and the praise of God. Now, this doesn't mean that these were only goals or ideals. Luke seems to communicate to us that while probably not perfect, these things were lived into or at least strived towards and shared among the first Christian community. Why? Because they were guided by God's Spirit. While they surely were not perfect, with the Spirit's presence, they were able to praise God or strive to praise God and strive to have the goodwill of all people. They strived to spend as much time as they could together praying and breaking bread. 
And these are the very ideals Luke seeks to pass on to his community two generations later as they navigate life in a scary, uncertain time after the destruction of the temple in Jerusalem. Like Luke's community at the end of the first century, today we are finding ourselves worshiping from home in an uncertain time, facing an unknown future. And just like Luke's community, we can find direction and hope from this early description of the first believers. This foundation story gives us today a brief, simple, and succinct model for the life of the church, no matter what age we find ourselves in. And it's one that can give us both hope and instruction in this uncertain time we find ourselves in today. While the situation we find ourselves in may be uh, different, the ideals expressed and strive towards are not. And I believe are the very ones we as a church need to be reminded of and encouraged to pursue today. Their dedication to worship and fellowship, of extending care to all, and living by God's Spirit in uncharted waters has given Christians a roadmap for life together as the church since the first century. And friends, it continues to do so in this moment we find ourselves in today. As Kierkegaard said, life can only be understood backwards, but it must be lived forward. As we move forward together in this uncertain new time, may we be comforted and empowered by the simple, humble witness of the first believers and seek to live by these ideals of joy and unity, of prayer and breaking bread together in our homes, of giving and sharing what we have so no one is in need, of praising God and having the goodwill of all the people. And friends, may we do so knowing that our risen Lord is with us in this time and gives us his spirit to guide us onward and give us peace. Amen.